in my mind, I was like, nah, everything's going to figure itself out. This is all going to work itself out. And it did. And I think that season alone right there kind of showed me that if you stay the course and you stick to what you believe in, man, things, good things will happen eventually. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Brace for Impact. Sometimes in life, we get stuck along our path toward achieving our full potential and having the impact we desire. You know, life happens and we settle for the new normal until one day we wake up and say, no more being stuck. I recently encountered one of these moments and was so thankful I had access to life courses over at unstuck.com forward slash impact. The process the Unstuck team created gave me the freedom to think about what I wanted to accomplish so that I can focus on becoming the hero I know I'm meant to be. But don't just take my word for it. Listeners around the world are taking action at unstuck.com forward slash impact and sharing their stories. For example, Matt said he is using the course to help navigate a change in careers, and he's through the second course and is super thankful for the recommendation. And Mary from Kenya shared that she loves the site and is using it to help launch a new startup. Matt, Mary, you and I, we all share a lot in common, especially the fact that we want to have a tremendous impact in the lives of others. So invest in the freedom to think differently about making a change or launching that company. Invest in yourself and become the hero you know yourself to be by visiting unstuck.com forward slash impact. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. If you're just joining us, we've just concluded an inspirational series on being a small-town entrepreneur with four incredible guests who are taking their big idea and having a big impact despite coming from or basing their business in a small town. Powerful lessons are hidden there, so if you missed those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check it out. This week, I'm very excited about the new series on developing and maintaining a champion's mindset. For the next few weeks, you will hear from A.J. Hawk, an NFL veteran and former inside linebacker for the Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers. Juliet Starrett, a two-time world champion in women's extreme whitewater paddling, cancer survivor, and co-founder of San Francisco CrossFit. Tyler Fox, a competitive big wave surfer and founder of Santa Cruz Waves magazine. Rachel Balkovec, an entrepreneur and the first female strength and conditioning coach in the Major League Baseball system. Aaron Kafaro McKenzie, a two-time Olympic gold medalist in rowing. And finally, wrapping things up with Dr. Jim Aframal, peak performance coach for the San Francisco Giants and author of the best-selling books, The Champion's Mindset, How Great Athletes Think, Train, and Thrive, as well as Champions Comeback, 
how great athletes recover, reflect, and reignite. My hope during this series is that we learn from the practical advice these champions and professionals share with us that transfer across sport, business, and life. Number two, that you and I gain valuable tips on how to handle all the variables we face in our careers as entrepreneurs, at home, in our relationships with others. And number three, that we begin to recognize that each of us is capable of more than we ever thought possible and can overcome nearly any adversity we face if we put our mind to it. Now, round one of the champion's mindset is with A.J. Hawk. He's a Super Bowl champion who graduated from Ohio State University with a bachelor's in criminology. A.J. was an All-American in college and went on to become a first-round draft pick for the Green Bay Packers. He was picked fifth overall in the NFL draft and played for 10 years when the average career is three years. He ranks number one in Packers franchise history with 1,025 tackles. His hard work and dedication led to excellent performance with the Packers, and ultimately, he helped them achieve a Super Bowl win. What really makes him special is his constant desire for self-improvement beyond the football field and his efforts to make an impact in the lives of others. He is now the creator and host of the popular Hawkcast show, and he's made a second career out of interviewing and learning from the most interesting people in the world because he wants to know what made them who they are today. In this episode, AJ shares how the same skill of bobbing and weaving in the NFL has helped him tackle the obstacles life throws at us. Number two, how to move past the fear of the unknown. And three, the best possible outcome he desires as he enters a new role as an entrepreneur and so much more. Don't be a podcast junkie. Bust out your pen and paper. Take some notes and brace for impact. So AJ Hawk, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. We're stoked to have you today. Thanks for having me on, man. I uh, this is a little different format, or you're more uh, professional than the guys I'm usually talking to. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, your brother's pretty professional too, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the. I'm trying to have a little bit of that rub off on me. <laughs> uh, I always kick things off with the superpower question, which is if you could pick any superpower, what would it be and how would you use it? But then you also have to follow that answer up with another answer, which is how can we apply the essence of that superpower in our daily lives? So I'm not going to lie. This is one of the, uh, we talked off air a second ago about some of the questions beforehand. And this is one of the ones I, I saw at the, the top of the, the list. And it, it kind of got me worried for a second. That's why I just basically scanned the rest of them because I, I need to work off of just, I need to be spontaneous, I think, with, with my answers. But as far as superpowers, see, I, I struggle a little bit coming up with one just because I feel like you have to be really big into like comics and different, whatever the Avengers movies, maybe. And I, I am so far away from those. I don't see those, those movies much for some reason. They don't, I don't know. They just don't, they aren't my thing, but I, I did just right before we got on here, I thought about the one a superpower I would love to have. I want telepathy, man. I want to know what other people are thinking. I want to be able to communicate with them without even saying anything. Ooh, dude, I, that, that is a powerful one. For a whole lot of reasons, but I know another reason that's powerful too. Because if you have kids, I have kids. 
and trying to figure out what they want sometimes is a mystery. Yes, that is very true, man. That's kind of the top of that's right at the top of my my head always because I have three young ones now, five, three, and seven months. So I, a lot of times, you know, if you have a little crying baby, like my seven month old, he wakes up at midnight crying. I'm like, all right, man, what do you want? Let's try everything you can. We'll change your diaper. Maybe we'll give you a little bit of a bottle. What what can we do? And it's, sometimes it's so frustrating. You feel so bad that you can't help the guy. So that would be huge for me if I could will know what my kids want, especially now my five-year-old daughter who just seems to manipulate everything. So I think she might have a little bit of this already. <laughs> she knows she can like sense a weak, a weak target instantly if it's a grandma or grandpa or someone. And she just knows like, oh, she can sense their energy when they walk in. She's like, yeah, I can work this and get what I want for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have, I have four kids myself. So I, uh, I can, I can definitely empathize with you on that. You know, if you had telepathy, the ability to read people's minds and know what they were thinking and wanted, how would you use it? What would you do with it? Well, aside from, from my kids, I mean, in the real world out there, I think it would be great to know going into anything, whatever it may be, if you're, you're trying to pitch something to somebody, if you're trying to get a job, if you're trying to just understand where someone's coming from, if you could know, like get inside their head and know, well, why are they taking this angle? Like, why are they coming at me this way? I think sometimes when you like, when you have a good conversation, say with your wife, if you, if you're having a a misunderstanding or an argument about something, if you can kind of like the few times that I'm able to like put myself in their shoes and know like where they're coming from. It's like the whole world opens up for you. I feel like, and I've had a few moments like that where I'm like, I try to step outside myself and think, okay, what, like what is going on in their head? I know what, I know where I'm coming from, whatever it may be, if it's ego, insecurity, whatever I'm challenging this person at, like what, let's try to look at it from their point of view. And when you can, it's like, oh my goodness, everything just kind of, it kind of comes together and you can, you can always come up with, like a conclusion. You can always figure it out, I think. So I think it's something that we can honestly work on to, to get as, as close as I possibly can. So I don't think it's that much of a superpower. I think we can actually kind of cultivate that. Well, I was just going to say, I think you're pretty, from from the episodes of your show that I have listened to, from your conversations with your brother, from your interviews on Inside Quest, I think you're a pretty thoughtful person. And like, I bet you have a pretty strong, you know, gut instinct about things. Do you, do you have a story where you were just saying that you've experienced kind of, you know, what, where you're coming from and you kind of have a sense where they're coming from. Do you have something that you, that comes to mind? I try over the last maybe two or three years to like, like I was saying before, just try to figure out like why people are coming from, I don't know if I can point to one exact situation, but I think with any conversation or any kind of interaction you have with people, we all come in with like, preconceived notions of why this person thinks this way or, or, you know, you, we all have like those couple crazy buddies that they're going to come and talk to us about how they were visiting Mars in their, in their dreams. Now they can teleport themselves different places. Like I have a couple buddies like that. And instead of just like writing them off instantly after, uh, <laughs> and telling them, all right, man, I've heard all this before. Let's just, can we actually have a real conversation? I wish I could realize, see, like, see it from their side. And I try that. Hmm. So I've had some buddies where, I've gone in before. Every once in a while, I'm I'm victim of uh, going into whether it's like a dinner or something you have with uh, some people that you know that you don't just vibe with, really. And you'll go in like with this thing, thinking, "All right, man, this is going to be brutal." And then when you come out of it, sometimes it's sometimes those are the greatest dinners you have or the greatest conversations when you kind of 
step outside what you're you were thinking was going to happen, and you just kind of let it go. So I, I think it's harder for me to pinpoint one, but I, I think as I get older, I, I figure that out a lot more. Yeah, both you and Ryan seem like super open-minded, receptive individuals. So I, I definitely think that's a a strength that you both have. You have been surrounded pretty much your entire life by coaches uh, of all all, con- all kinds. Uh, which of your coaches or mentors has left the biggest impression on you? I would say, I, first, I've had unbelievable coaches at every single level of sports that I've played, every football, baseball, and basketball growing up. I was so lucky, man. First off, to have great parents that set the example and kind of set the tone and let me know how to how to be a good person. My mom and dad both they, uh, without even saying anything, they, they showed me that every single day, but my high school coaches, man, coach Bob Gregg, who's a absolute legend in uh, Centerville, Ohio. He, he was the head coach there for 30 some years at my Centerville high school. And then Ron Ullery took over and he'd been there 25, 30 years at the time. And those two guys, man, they, they kind of shaped how I attack every single day and, and how they taught me how to work, how to, how to be open-minded and how to learn and, and how to just shut up and do it and not have to sit there and worry about things. And I don't have to question everything that they would tell me. I would understand that they're doing it because they want me to be the best person and the best player possible. So I think those two coaches, along with my linebacker coach in high school, Larry Knopfsinger, those guys shaped my whole life. Like what's one, one or two things that they, they taught you that still sticks out in your mind today. I would say like, so watching Ron Ulrey, my, uh, high school head coach. He was the offensive coordinator and head coach. And I, I would just observe him and without even knowing I was doing it, he wouldn't even have to say anything to me. I would just, I had such respect for how he approached it and how professional he was. And and when you're playing high school football, especially in Ohio, it's a big deal. Like it's, it's your life for sure. And he was always there super early. You get I still, it's, it's amazing. I'll get emails from him like at four 15 in the morning. He's, he's sending his emails out and just <laughs> checking in and seeing how the family's doing and everything. And you're always amazed at how early they come from, from coach Ulrey. but just his, his attention to detail was nuts. He would have these little note cards that I would always wonder what was on them. And I never really had the balls to ask him like what coach, what is on these little index cards you're always carrying around. He didn't have the huge play calling sheet. Like a lot of coaches do. He would have these little index cards with all of his practice notes and plays, whatever may be on there. I still don't know what's on, what was on there, but just the detail that he showed was just, uh, it was crazy, man. When I think back on it every single day, like he was, he never took a day off. That's for sure. Mentally, physically, like I never saw him ever just mail it in. He was always fully invested in what he was doing and fully invested in his players, man. And and it was, it was cool to see that you don't get that a whole lot. There's, there's a lot of bad coaches out there for sure. Or a lot of guys that may just be distracted or underqualified, whatever it may be. And coach already was always out there trying to learn from other coaches. When I went to Ohio state, then he would come up and watch practice. Sometimes he would never get in the way. He would just stand in the corner, take his little notes. And he would just wonder and try to learn like what little things he could learn from coach Tressel. And then afterwards, when I would talk to him, he would ask me about all these different segments of practice that we had and, and wonder like, well, what were you thinking here? What were you guys trying to get out of this drill? Or that, that's a, a, the drill you guys were doing there where you were hitting the, hitting the bags, working on hands and things. He would always ask like the tiny little details on things. And then if I ever went back and watched my high school team practice, he would implement the little things here and there throughout the practice. 
Oh, that's fascinating. What what that brings another question to mind. What was the in in your mind? What's been the number one difference between like your high school and college coaches and your NFL coaches? The biggest thing that has stayed the same through all those guys. So in high school, coach Ron Ulrey, and then Jim Tressel in college and in the pros was Mike McCarthy and then Marvin Lewis. All those guys, they had every second of the day planned out pretty much. Like they knew they didn't waste a minute. And I respected that so much. And I think anyone that works in any job in the world, you respect when someone, when they're not going to waste your time, when they're not, you're not just going to have meetings to have meetings. That's like a whole thing. I joke about with my brothers and my dad. I'm like, I always tell my dad and he works at Lexus Nexus as well. And I would, I'm like, honestly, I was like, you don't just call staff meetings to have meetings, do you? And he gets it. He's been there for a long time. And he's super <laughs> highly respected. He's like, no, he's like, I have, I try never to have meetings. I only have meetings with a bunch of people if I absolutely have to. And uh, every once in a while I'll, I'll catch him. I'll be with him somewhere and I'll like show up to his house. And he'll have his phone on speakerphone, but he's on mute. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm on this conference call. And all it is is people, multiple people on the call, and they're all just talking for no reason. And I'm like, I ask him, do you ever chime in? He's like, no, I try not to chime in because this is worthless. And so (laughs) whether he gets upset at me putting that out there or not, I think anyone can agree that just to have a conference calls or meetings, just to do it, man, just so you say you were doing something, is uh, it's just asinine to me. Yeah, so there's a certain sense of intentionality that existed that transferred among all of your coaches. Is there any anything that was was stuck out in your mind as being completely different, like something that you didn't expect from a, a professional coach versus a high school coach? Like my college coach was Coach Jim Tressel, and how he how much he cared about us as people. I, it shouldn't have surprised me, but it really did. Just as the years went on in my four years there, I really started to pay more attention to like this guy, like he legit wanted us to become better men first. And he told us that from day one, when we showed up, he's like, you'll, you're going to become, my job is to make you guys turn you guys into men and make you better, better men, better husbands, better fathers, better people and make you successful in life. And he's like, football will come. We'll figure that out. We'll get that done in the practice field. But in the meeting rooms with Coach Tressel, a lot of times it would always start out with things that had nothing to do with football. It was about your character and integrity and how to be a good moral person, how to treat people around you. And at the time when you're young and 19, 20 years old, I didn't, a lot of it went over my head or I just zoned out at times. But then as I got older, my junior and senior year, I really paid attention to that. And I really respected that. And I try to carry that on with my, my own kids and and everyone now. That's really powerful. And I'm sure that all of your coaches have influenced your, your thinking and, and how you handle adversity, which kind of segues into the next question, which is how has failure helped you become a better athlete, a better husband, father, friend, and just a better human being in general? Oh, I I think failure is everything. And I've heard people say that you don't, you don't learn anything from a win. I'm like, ah, I I disagree. I think you can learn a lot from winning because even though I won a lot of games when I played in in high school, college, and the pros, we were still in the film room the next morning and coaches are still, they're not all, it's not, it's not all hugs and celebrations that next day. You're going to go over every single play and you're going to talk about and get yelled at on the plays that they felt like you weren't living up to the standard. And so I think failing is huge. You, you have, everyone's going to do it no matter what, no matter who you are, you're going to lose. And I think a lot of times 
when you come back like from something, some adversity, whatever it may be, if you're injured or you, you miss a tackle, you lose a game, whatever it is, you, you do learn from that and you know how it feels. And in, in order to to have those super highs, like you have from like, I was lucky enough to win a super bowl. Like you, you don't know how special it is to win the super bowl until you realize how hard it is and how, how many things have to go right to actually do that. And I realized that after we won, I was thinking like, man, I look back at the whole journey of that season and, I'm, and it just blows my mind that all the things that transpired over that whole season that if one thing here or there was out of place, we weren't, we didn't get a ring and I wouldn't have that ring forever. So I, I know how tough it is. And so for things to, to really feel that great, man, you, you got to know how, how it feels to, to, to lose and to feel terrible. So what's the biggest lesson that you're carrying forward? You, you won the ring and you reflect backwards on it and you recognize that if one or two things didn't go the way they, they went, it, it could be a completely different outcome. So, so what are the, what, what's the lesson that you're taking from that and carrying forward? I think that you, you, you need to find a way to, to live in the moment and not sit there and worry about all the outside, like the factors that go into it. Just it's the whole cliche thing with it's about the journey, not the destination, whatever. Like I don't ever, I've never said that in, in seriousness and told somebody that, but it's true. Like it's about the process. And it's about every single day and being consistent. And that's what I've, I've really learned throughout my time playing football and everything in life, even being a parent, you, you have to be consistent. It's, it's easy to work hard when you feel good. And it's about those times when, when you don't feel good. And there's always, there's always those guys at the first couple of days of, of your job or whatever it is, football that feel good. And they're showing up and they look great when they feel good. But when you're banged up and you're beat up, like, how are you going to respond then? What are you going to do when you have a little moment of weakness and you feel tired? Are you going to, are you going to kind of mail it in and take a few plays off? Or are you going to, you're going to try to fight through that and recognize it and become aware of, of that's like a moment when, Hey, this is when I can actually grow as a person is when, when things are really tough. So that's what I still, man, every single day I use that being a parent for sure, being consistent and sticking with it. And it, it might take 20 times where I have to figure out with my, uh, with my kids, like how I, I want them to respond or how they maybe uh, were disrespectful to somebody or, uh, and I got to stick with it and let them know. And I can't take the easy way out and just let them, Hey, here you go. Here's an iPad. Go sit there in the corner. Like I don't, I can't do that. And we're all guilty of it at times, but that's the consistency is huge for me. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton marketing group a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. Was there a moment either in college or, or in the NFL when you recognized that you had that willpower, that, that it wasn't just something that just like just happened, but that you had that willpower and you were able to make that decision. I can't point to one moment. But uh, I mean, just that that Super Bowl year, I, I feel like 
it, just the ups and downs of that year, like how that season started, the first game of the season, like I didn't even get in the game, I think. And I'd been been starting for four four years or something up until then. We changed a few things around and whatever packages the offense was running the first game of that season. Like I didn't even play. I don't think I played one play. And it was it was tough. It was really tough to watch. And our, we won the game, which was awesome. But then throughout that season, we had different injuries in a couple of weeks. And I got in more, started playing. And then um, coming through all of that, man, and towards the end of that season, when everything was seemed to be lining up in the right way, like, okay, we're going to go in. We're going to make the playoffs. We had to win our last two games. We got in, and then we we won three road playoff games and then went to the Super Bowl and won. I realized like, yeah, man, it's just about like staying with it and not, I tried not to become, I never want to be like that bitter guy or guy that feels like he's being screwed. And I had a couple of moments like that where, yeah, you could, you could turn and, and become like the, the just quiet and, and not want to interact with, with guys as much. If you feel like things aren't going your way. And I remember I, that season recognizing that thinking, you know what? I don't care. Like, and you have friends and people on the outside that be like, "Oh man, who cares? Get out of there. Get a, ask for a trade. Try to leave." And I still made like in my mind, I was like, "Nah, everything's gonna figure itself out. This is all gonna work itself out." And it did. And I think that season alone, right there, kind of showed me that if you stay the course and you stick to what you believe in, man, things good things will happen eventually. I mean, it reminds me of an interview that you actually had where, with your brother where you kind of talked about it a little bit, but you, you talked about how the NFL required you to bob and weave. And so how, how did you manage to play full out all the time, every day, knowing that you might lose, that you might get traded or cut or injured? And, and how are you carrying forward that lesson now in this new venture, this new career? Well, I think I was realistic right off the bat. Like I knew, I always knew I was one play away from being done. That's how football is. I mean, anything can happen where your career is over. I've watched, unfortunately I've seen teammates break their neck or have career ending injuries right there on the field. And it's brutal. It's heartbreaking to, to see. So I was always realistic and I knew that that was a possibility, but then I also knew like, what's the worst that could happen, man? Like chances are, I'm not going to die out here. So if they, if they want to cut me, if they want to trade me, I, was, I always thought, Hey, I'm good. I'm I'm still all right. We all won the lottery being born in America and I was playing in the NFL. So I always try to kind of have that, that mindset. And I always, I think everything is relative. Whenever you think like your situation is, is rough or you're getting screwed or whatever it may be, whatever kind of narrative you want to tell yourself, it, there's always a million, tens of millions of people that have it way worse than you. So I, I try to kind of keep it in perspective a little bit and realize that, Hey, if they cut me, fine. I'll find another team. I'll figure it out. If they, uh, if I get hurt, I'll rehab. I'll come back from it. I was hurt plenty of times and found a way to fight through it. So I think if you, if you keep that in the back of your mind and just go out there and let, let it loose and, and have fun, man, it's uh, you really kind of get to enjoy each day a lot more. Have you, have you always been that way? Have you always kind of had that attitude just about life in general? I think so. I think without knowing it, I had, I had always kind of had that. I never was really a guy to sit back and ask like, Oh, why, why me? Or the whole, woe is me thing? Cause I think we've all been around people like that, that feel like the world's out to get them and they're getting screwed by the man or whoever it may be, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. There's, there's different times here and there where, where they might be justified, but it doesn't matter. It's not going to do you any good to talk about it with, with your teammates or with your, even with your family and friends, like what's that going to do? It's just going to pile on and, 
and not make you a better person and not make you a better player. So yeah, I think I always had that. I just quietly had it my whole life. So you spent 10 years in the NFL, nine with uh, Green Bay Packers and, and a year with the Bengals, right? Yep. And now you're on this this new path. You've got this great podcast and you're making a new career in in the broadcasting world. Most people experience some kind of anxiety when they start something new. So so when you received the call first from the Green Bay and then from the Bengals that you know that they they were going to release you what was going through your mind at that time and and how do you AJ Hawk move past and move through that that anxiety phase well i mean i think we, that's the only time you can actually grow or get anything done is when you you do put yourself in like weird situations or awkward situations um that do cause anxiety and i think just being aware of it and when Green Bay let me go, I, I kind of had an idea it was coming. Um, when they actually told me and let me know, it, it, it's like a there's a 10, 15 minute fade time when I remember talking to my wife about it and thinking, well, wow, that's actually when when something's final, it it does feel different. It feels like, okay, what I thought was going to happen did happen, but it's it's time to to figure out where I'm going now. And I, the thing that I, I always have had a plan, I always knew that there's something after football. And I wanted to always find out what I was passionate about outside of, you know, outside of football. And I've always kind of been looking and I'd say five or six years ago, I realized that I really wanted to, I'd like to go into to the media and broadcasting world. And I'd like to call games. I'd like to be up in the booth doing a colored commentary. And so I've been getting a lot of reps on that recently and, and doing my podcast. But um, that's just something I've always kind of had a plan. I think if you just, go about it and don't have anything on the other side, then yeah, it's going to be super. It's going to be a lot harder than if, if you don't. So I think I've always done a good job of, of at least in my mind, knowing what I'm passionate about and what I care about. And that's thankfully I have two older brothers that I've watched do that their whole life. And I've watched my parents as well. So I think they've, I have to thank them for that. I don't think I would have just got that on my own. Mm-hmm. I was watching an an interview that you did with somebody, I can't remember um, who, who it was that their name's escaping me right now, but it was a phone where you called in and in the interview, you stated that you, that at the end of every season, you packed up your locker and, and completely emptied it out and, and left as if you might not come back the next year. And I thought that was a pretty profound thing because every day is a gift. Your career is a gift. And and like you said earlier, you know, you won the lottery. Here you are in the NFL, born in America, you know, and uh, raised by an awesome mom and a dad and two older brothers who are who sound pretty awesome as well. You've got a lot of life left to live and, and a lot to give still. So when you think about this new journey, what's the best thing that could happen in your mind? The best thing? Wow. I would think just... Continuing on a path of of trying to learn and trying to realize like what what I am passionate about, and I think no matter what, there's my my wife and kids are always going to be my number one thing. But everybody, whether it's a mom or dad, whoever, you have to have something outside of that 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 drives you that you're working towards at all times. It doesn't have to be some big, huge. I don't have to be Elon Musk trying to change the world every single day, but something that you're passionate about, and so. For me, man, the best thing would be to continue to find, meet awesome people 
and learn from them and then see where kind of branch off into a bunch of different areas of, of the media and broadcasting world. I, I think I don't have like some grand one goal that I'd like to, Oh, I don't, I don't want, I want to call it a super bowl or anything. I don't even, I don't even think that far ahead. I just try to always stay with my process and figure out like, what do I, what do I want to do today? What, is, what am I passionate about? And I want to, I want to dive full go into that and being a curious guy and trying to, to learn and meet new people is, is something that, that I've really embraced over the last couple of years. So what, so what are you doing? So like, you've got this broadcast dream and, and vision and goal, what kind of reps are, I know and you've got your, your podcast, which we'll definitely link to the Hotcast show in, in the show notes and direct people there. But what what else are you doing to kind of develop and hone your these new skills? Well, I mean, the biggest thing anyone that knows that people that are on TV or radio, whatever, especially TV, like it takes reps. You need to get out there and you need to get on camera and do live things, and you need to get out there and just do it. There's no there's there's training you can do. Like I went to the NFL's, uh, they put on the broadcasting boot camp. It's called. I went to that thing about five years ago, and it was great. It really it really cemented my my idea of what I want to do when it comes to to broadcasting. I knew that this was my path, but on a daily basis, man, you, you just have to get out there and do it and go and try to get on as many shows, whatever it is, and get some reps on camera. Cause it's true. Once everyone thinks it's, it looks easy and all I tell all the great broadcasters all the time, like Joe Buck, I've had him on my podcast and just, he was out here calling the, uh, the U S senior open, uh, in Dublin, Ohio. And we got to go up in the booth, my brother and I, my, my good friend who works for Fox and talk to Joe a lot and just watching them do five hours live on air at the senior open. I'm like, I was me and my brother are talking like this would be people take it for granted how good they are. And it's because they've had a million reps and they do it and they're constantly trying to, to learn. They're constantly critiquing their own performance. So for me, it's just, staying consistent and getting reps. And that's what I'm doing now. And I'm talking to different networks and, and getting, uh, going on like audition type things where you go in studio and you, you, you basically film mock shows, you do mock games and, uh, try to get better every single day. I think that that's probably one of the biggest messages that any entrepreneur listening, who's, who's making a change from one career or the, or the, to another, or still working for, doing whatever they're doing, but exploring other avenues. It, it is about getting those reps because practice makes perfect to use another cliche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe that we're all created by God for, for great things. And yet one of the dangers that we face as humans is being mediocre and living lives of mediocrity, which is, which is something that I feel is a constant threat. So what would you say to the man or woman listening right now who feels stuck, who is unsatisfied with life, not necessarily in a depressed sense, but rather because they know they haven't realized their potential. What would you say to them? Man, I would say just start, just, that's another cliche thing that it's always getting started is the hardest part. It's true. Even like when I started my podcast, I, I had some like anxiety over it. I was thinking, well, how would I even do that? What am I going to do? How do I start it off? I think you, like, you with your show, I don't know if you had this or not, but one of the hardest things for me, especially is like starting a show, like doing the, and being the guy that starts it and has to like introduce a guest or whatever it is that just right there almost 
it, it makes you uncomfortable and you feel like, well, how do I do this? But if you just act like you, you know what you're doing, chances are people are going to believe you, really. So I say just get started, whatever that may be. Find, a, find some kind of plan, some kind of thing, whatever. It's a morning ritual where you get up 10 minutes early and you work on whatever you're you want to work on that day or you have your little alone time where you write down the journal, like just get started. And then it's, it's amazing. Like the momentum that you can build through that. Do you, do you start your day off by like just having some quiet time and, and thinking about what you want to accomplish that day? Uh, I don't have like a set morning routine. Uh, I've thought about it. I've tried it. It's not exactly for me yet. I would say, I don't know if I can calm my brain down enough. <laughs> I try to, but I, for me, man, my, my morning routine always always comes from working out. I feel like it's almost like a moving meditation type thing. That's just, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I love to, uh, I love to, to work out and whether it's, if I'm doing cardio, uh, if I'm working out, whatever I'm doing, I do a mixture of everything every single day, pretty much. But if I don't have that, if I don't get that, I, uh, yeah, I think I'm worthless. I feel like we all need that. We're, we're, we were born to be physical people and we were born to use our body. And so when you're sedentary, man, I think you're just slowly dying. I think you should coin that moving meditation. I don't think I came up with it. I have to, <laughs> have to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How do you want to be remembered at the end of a life well lived? Who? Well, I like the question. I really do. I mean, honestly, I don't have some crazy thing where I want to be remembered as some savior or some guy that had all the answers. I think I just want to remember by a guy that as a guy that hopefully made people around them feel better about themselves. And that's kind of how I teach my kids. And I want my daughters and, and my daughter and my two sons. I tell them like, Hey, when your friends, uh, your friends should want to be around you and you should make them lift them up and make them feel good about themselves. And so that's something that I'm always trying to do. And so if I, whenever I, whenever I die, man, if, if my kids and my wife, knew that I was always trying to trying to grow and trying to be a good guy. And my people that I, I'm close with, if they know that I, I had good intentions and I, I wanted, I wasn't just out for myself, then I'm, I'll be happy. That's powerful. What's, what's one thing you want people to remember from our conversation? Well, these are the deep questions. They are. I like <laughs> them. I would say, if anything, man, be consistent and be authentic. That's a, th a thing that I've come across that I've, I've found myself saying a lot recently is just be authentic. Whatever you are, own it. Just be be who you truly feel like. If you feel like you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing, man, just live it every single day. You don't have to sit there and talk about it and tell people every single day what your what your goals are, what you're going to do. Just go out and do it and and don't make apologies for it. If you're doing the right thing and you're not hurting anybody, Never apologize for it and, and just stay on that path. And whether you, uh, it may be two months, it may be 20 years before you feel like you're fully like rewarded for it. Uh, I would say just stay with it. Dude, that is, that is powerful. When you hear the word champion, who comes to mind? Well, Michael Jordan for me, I mean, in my era, that's watching Jordan play basketball and just watching him. He seems like the ultimate competitor, the ultimate, just guy that wanted to win basically at all costs. Uh, so yeah, Michael Jordan's number one on my list. Is it, it, would he be the same person if we, we turn that into a phrase champions mindset? Yes. 100%. I would say. Awesome. Have you ever met him? 
Yes, I've actually got to meet him out at uh, in Lake Tahoe at this golf thing I play at. My brother was his caddies for me every year, and oh, I, I watched the race. <laughs> oh yeah, you watched the caddy race. My brother, yeah, he's won. He's two for two and zero, oh, so he's excited about that. I'm glad he when he wins as well. But yeah, I I just he's been out there. He hasn't played in the last couple of years because he has other stuff going on. But yeah, the year after uh, after we won the Super Bowl, I was out there and on the putting green. I still remember Jordan. I've always he's always been out there and been around us, but I never really went up to him. And I didn't go up to him this time, but I was like standing frozen at my golf bag because I saw him walking in my direction, and he kind of he kind of patted me on the butt and said, "Hey, congrats, congratulations, AJ." And I lost my mind that he knew, <laughs> that he knew. I I looked at Ryan and I was like, "Did he say? Did he say my name?" And Ryan's like, yeah, man, I think he did. And I was like, oh, geez, I was just frozen. I didn't, I was like, oh, oh yep, thanks. And I didn't even say anything back to him because he's, you know, he's like larger than life for me. Oh man, that guy's story is just, is, is epic. What is one of the most courageous acts you've ever witnessed? Man, in person? It, in person or, or what it could be having had watched something or whatever, just the, the kind of guttural reaction. Jeez, there's been, I've seen a lot of them, man. Um, I wouldn't, it's not even on the football field. I mean, things that are crazy to me are when guys have like, I, I wish I could nail it down to one, but I always, I'm always so impressed when like a, say a, a brother of a family member or someone steps up and they like, say you donate your, your kidney. You, if you're like, it's a whole movie deal where you see people like, Hey, this guy's, his blood type's. But anyway, blood type O or whatever the blood types are, and there's only one guy that can can uh, vibe with him or that can take this transplant, and someone like gives up a body part for him. That's always crazy to me when you think about it. Just the the amount of selflessness when it comes to that. So whenever I see that happen or I read about it, I'm just blown away. Is that something that something that you aspire to to be able to do? If something ever happen? If that opportunity ever happened, do you think that you would you would raise your hand? I would hope so. I think that's why it's so intriguing to me. I, I I would hope that I would be that guy if I was ever faced with that, uh, that I would be willing to to go under the knife and, and risk you, everything that you have to, to help someone else like that. So I would really, I, I think I can say that now, but that doesn't mean anything unless I'm actually faced with that. Yeah that situation. So I would hope that I would be that guy. So I, I would hope that my friends and family would think of, I mean, that would be something that you would hope, I think going back to your, your other question about how would you want to be remembered? Like, I would hope that those people closest to me would know that I would, I would give up anything for them, for my family, especially they know, Hey, they can count on me, whatever they need. I'm here. Well, I think AJ Hawk, that you are a tremendously humble and courageous uh, champion. And I want to say thank you for being on the impact entrepreneur show and impacting our listeners. And before we go, how can people connect with you and interact with you? Well, you can, uh, I'm on Twitter. My name is official AJ Hawk on there. Uh, but my podcast is the main thing where I'm putting out. I don't do a lot of, I'm not great at putting out like just random stuff throughout the day on Twitter. Um, but the hotcast.show, that's a website for my, my podcast, but you can get it on iTunes and everything. It's called the hotcast. So I'm always, always trying to come up and, trying to reach out to interesting people that I think would, would be, uh, would be fun to talk to and that I can learn from. So that's, that's the main thing that I'm, I'm passionate about right now. Well, thanks for being the first guest on the developing a champions mindset series. 
Thank you. I'm honored to be here, man. This is a very professional forum, and I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm happy to uh, to come on. Right on. AJ, you are a champion. Thank you for sharing your insight and experience as well as your stories with us today. The practical wisdom you shared about how we can approach playing full out on the field of life is absolutely incredible. If you, my friends, missed any of the key points, don't worry, we've got you covered. Visit theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash 33 for all the key points and highlights of our conversation. And while you're there, be sure to support our sponsors, the Lawton Marketing Group and Unstuck Life Courses. We are blessed to have them as partners. Join the Facebook group Impact Insiders by visiting theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash group. And let's continue the conversation and the dialogue about the champion's mindset. Great stuff is happening there, and I want you to be there as well. Thank you, Cody and the Podcast Masters team for helping me produce a quality show. And until next time, go make an impact. Impact.